We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. We've been going through John and we're going to do that today. And uh, we're going to read from John 15. And uh, yeah, I'm going to read, I think it's about 11, um, more like 17 verses. And, uh, and then we're going to just unpack a bit of it for the rest of today. So we're not going to move too far away from this. So if you've got a Bible, we'll have it on the screens as well. John 15, let's read it. I am the true grapevine. This is Jesus talking, by the way. Important fact. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples and this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so you'll be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Uh, 17 verses, we'll unpack it a bit. But if you read it, one word keeps popping up, and it's the word remain. Uh, in your version, it might say abide or something similar. Remain, remain in me, I'll remain in you. If you do this, you'll remain in me. Remain in my love, abide. And I count it eight times in my version. Yours might be similar or different. But it's a fair few times for one uh, short passage, remain. Remain. Abide, don't depart, stay, remain, remain. It's continuous, it's repetitive. And it's what we're called to do when we follow Jesus. We're called to remain. And we're called to continuously follow. We're called to uh, repetitively stay in his presence. It's a following. Knowing Jesus isn't just a one and done, you know, uh, once a year kind of thing, once a week kind of thing. It's a continuous relationship. It's continually remaining, being active, abiding in, in his presence. It's active. We used to play this game at school. And uh, I reckon I was in about year seven. And there was this, there was actually a stage when I went to school in Adelaide, a cement stage, a bit like this. And uh, we didn't really have a name for the game. The game was Last Man Standing, right? 
And so we had this stage, and then there was grass all around. And basically, you have to throw off all the other school kids. And uh, if you're the last one up there, you win, right? And uh, I was pretty good at the game because I was a similar size to this in year seven when I was about 12. I thought I was going to be real tall, and then I, I didn't really grow again. Right, and so uh, naturally, I was pretty good at the last man standing game because it was pretty hard to push off. But the job was to remain on the stage. And so if someone comes at you, you, you be still and you throw them off. And you've got you to gotta have eyes on the back of your head because the little fellas, they kind of sneak up on you because they can't come at you because you're just, you know, blowing them when they'll fall off. Right? And so you've got to watch out and you've got you to be aware of what's going on. You've got to stay in the middle. Right? You've got you to be careful of the edges. You actively had to remain. You couldn't just play this game and just hope for the best and wander around and look at the clouds. Right? Those kids, they're off. See you later. You lose, right? You've got to wait till next round and I'll push you off again. Right now, this game, you had to be aware, you had to be ready, you had to be ready to go. Fight dirty, right? Last one standing wins. And we don't have to fight dirty to remain with Jesus, but it's active, right? We don't do it by accident. You don't just accidentally remain with Jesus, it's purposeful. When you remain, you do it on purpose. When you abide, you do it on purpose. It's actively being in the presence of Jesus. It says, uh, Jesus is the vine and where are the branches? And we have to be active in it. We have to remain. It's a doing word. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. And if we don't remain, it says when we remain, there's life. If we don't remain, there's death. And so we have to remain. And it's a... It's a it's a word repeated a lot, and, and it sounds great, and it sounds, I don't know if it sounds easy or not, but it sounds simple. But, and then it, I want to just look at this passage, because it actually gives us a few keys of what remaining looks like. And so we're going to look at just two things from this passage. We're going to look at uh, what does it actually mean to remain, and then what are the results of remaining. So this passage talks about remaining, what does it look like to actually remain? And what are the results of remaining? Is that all right? Let's pray. God, this is your word. This is your church, Lord. So we just invite you to speak to us, have your way in us. Uh, God, I thank you that you know each and every single person here. And I just pray that you just deposit something in their spirit. I pray that you fill us afresh. And God, I pray that we leave knowing you more, experiencing your love and presence more, your word we just invite you to be Lord as you should be. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So what does it look like to actually remain, abide? Got a, four, four quick points for you. Uh, his words remain in you. His words remain in you. In verse 7 it says, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Uh, Jesus saying, my words, the words of Jesus, uh, if you are with me, if you abide in me, if you remain in me, you'll have my words in you. If you are with me, if you remain with me, if, if you abide in me, my words are in you. Okay, so you're either with me, and my words are in you. 
And what are his words? His words are his teachings, his way of life. And, uh, you know, I'm, a lot of you have so much more experience in faith than me, but I've found in, in my life, uh, I'm good at picking and choosing sometimes of what teachings of Jesus I want to follow. <laughs> Some of the stuff I'm just a bit better at than others. Uh, uh, for instance, over the years, I've gotten not too bad at not worrying a whole lot. I used to worry a little bit, and I used to, we can take that down, thanks, Andrew. I used to be a little bit, get a little bit anxious, but over the years, I've kind of worked out how to just kind of let it go. Probably part of it's my personality. I, things that are, go with our personality find easier. But that, that kind of instruction and teaching, that kind of way of life, it's not too bad. I find it pretty good. But there's others that are a bit more tricky. Like it says, don't judge a brother and sister. It says, take out a log in your own eye before the speck in, in someone else's. And that's heaps harder. Right. Because it's way easier for me to look at someone else and what they've got going on and sort out myself. And so we're, we're good at picking and choosing sometimes the teaching of Jesus, the way of Jesus that kind of suits our life, suits our personality a little bit. And... Uh, But Jesus said, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, and we don't get to pick and choose it. (laughs) If we remain in Jesus, he's Lord. His teaching, his ways have lordship in our lives, and we're molded and guided by him. And uh, you would have seen the news this week, the big Oscars slap, right? Pretentious celebrities, what a joke they all are. Anyway, uh, what, what I thought was really silly, in his speech after he slapped someone, uh, he said, oh, God, God's told me to defend and love my family. I'm like, oh, what a mug, right? Uh, and he's, he's picking and choosing, yeah, that's great. God calls us to love our family. And, uh, but he also calls us maybe not to hit uh, each other and, and, and to forgive and Turn the other cheek and lay down your life and don't have anger, don't have rage, don't be violent. We can't pick and choose. His words remain in us. If we remain in Jesus, his words remain in us and we don't get to pick and choose that we're moulded and guided by it. So his words remain in us. Second thing I think that that maybe is an example or shows if we remain in, in Jesus, if we ask... Verse 7, you don't have to put it up, Andrew, I'll just read it. It says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. What does that mean if I just like pray for a car? Zap, new car or, or pray for the kids just to be delivered. Bam, delivered. No, no, it's not a zap from heaven. God isn't this genie that you ask the right way, you get whatever you want. Uh, I think this talks about if we pray, how we pray, even what we pray for, shows if we're remaining. If we remain in Jesus, if we stay close to Jesus, it'll impact how we pray. And again, doesn't mean there's this automatic zap from heaven. And uh, if you've I'm sure you, you might have found that God sometimes answers prayers in ways we don't think he would. And sometimes they don't get answered. And I haven't got a perfect teaching for you to that one day, but that's just life. It just happens. I can't, I'm not going to try and explain that to you. 
I've had prayers God's answered. I've had prayers He hasn't answered. Some He's done it completely different. But I think it, 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 the heart of it is, is how we pray. How we pray. Let me, let me give you an example. If you're moving house and you needed some help, uh, depending on how well we know each other would depend on how you ask me for help. If we've met one or two times, you're probably not going to ask me just out of pure awkwardness, right? Because it's a weird thing to ask someone you've only just met. Can you come help lift all my heavy furniture, right? If, you, if we know each other a little bit, you might say, you might talk about moving and, and hope I catch on to the hint. You ever done that? You don't really want to ask for help, but you kind of talk about all the hard things you're going to do and hope they offer to help you. Right, oh, I've got to do this this week. I've got to do this. I'm so busy. Oh, it's going to be so hard, and I wish someone would help me. Right, we all get the hint. We just don't want to do it. Right, and so you might do that, or you might say, "Hey, would you be able to help?" But it's okay if you don't. I know you got stuff on you. You might give me excuses to use against you. Right, we do that as well. But if we know each other really well, you might say, "Hey, Ben, can you help me move?" And I'll say yes or no. How we know each other depends on how we ask. I, I bought this huge cubby house uh, for our girls, a good Facebook marketplace find. And it was a bit of an event getting it over. The base is like three metres long. and, and uh, Anyway, it was beyond me to build myself, purely because it weighs a tonne, secondly because of skill. And, and I'm like, oh, I've got to ask him, mate. And I've got a friend, he's up in our dross and part of our church, Seth Matson. And... Uh, I said, Seth, you want to come help me build a cubby? I didn't say, oh, I've got this cubby. Oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to get it together. I'm not, you're, a, you're a quite, a, quite a large human. You're, I wish I was a larger human so I could hold it all up. I wish I had all the skills. Or, or I didn't say, hey, it would be great if you could help, but I know you've got stuff on. I know you've got a family. I know you've got work. Or, I said, hey, can you come help me build a cubby? He could say yes or no. I'd be okay with both. But he said yes and he came and helped me. Now, if it was Fred from down the street, I probably wouldn't even ask him. How we know someone depends on how we approach them. And it's the same in our prayer. If we remain in Jesus, we know his power. We know his victory. We know, we know he defeated sin and death. But we know his comfort. We know his love. We know his character. So when we pray with Jesus, when we talk with Jesus, we can just come and say it as it is. We can confess uh, uh, our sins as it is. We can ask for things as they are. We can tell him how we're feeling. We can tell him our struggles. We can tell him what we're hoping for. And we don't have to wonder what's going on. No, we remain because we know him. We know who he is. We know what he's done. And it impacts how we pray. How we remain impacts how we pray. The closer you are to Jesus, the more open, the more beautiful the communication will be. So it's our, his words remain in us. It's how we ask. Third point is, when you remain, you'll be pruned. Oh, sounds lovely, doesn't it? Who loves being pruned? Like a good tree you are. Uh, in, in verse 1, it says, I am the true grapevine. This is Jesus. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. That's us. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more fruit. So what does that tell us? You're going to be pruned. <laughs> Whether it's going well or not, you're going to be pruned. He cuts off things that don't produce fruit, 
and stuff that does bear fruit, he cuts them off anyway so they produce even more. Good old pruning. Sounds like it hurts, doesn't it? And uh, being pruned. I don't know if you've ever pruned a tree or a bush, but it doesn't really fight back. It just kind of stays there. It might be hard to prune, but it doesn't like, doesn't like curse at you or tell you off. It just kind of sits there. It doesn't hit you. I'll talk from experience. Sometimes I'll fight back a bit. Sometimes when you remain with Jesus, he tries to, he leads you to a path to prune some stuff off your life. And sometimes I'm not as obedient or I'm not as easygoing as the tree. But if we remain in Jesus, the word says we're going to be pruned. We're going to be pruned to cut off things that aren't giving life, but to cut off things that are bearing fruit so they'll produce even more fruit. Pruned. Let me maybe give you examples of... It's a bit of of an awkward in a way subject, so let me just give you some examples of where it's happened to me so you don't have to feel awkward. Uh, uh, For instance, I remember walking with God and and just praying one day and and God points out something in my attitude or character that is really not Christ-like at all. It's like, it's got to change. I'm like, hmm, probably does. (laughs) Now I can either listen, obey, go down that path, let God prune something in my life, or I can just keep on keeping on. And sometimes it's quite a sharp, you know, cut, quite a sharp prune, but sometimes God just smooths the edges a little bit. I remember once I sent a text to someone, I said, hey, I'm going to pray for you this week, and I just felt God speak to me, are you going to? Like if you... No, not just a token prayer, but you're going to actually like, properly pray for it? I'm like, sometimes I probably do that. I'm like, no, you, I'm like, okay, yeah, if I say it, I've got to do it. And so sometimes God prunes, kind of, kind of confronts us with something he wants to bring life, and sometimes he just smooths the edges. Sometimes he prunes how we maybe spend our time, our resources, our life. Sometimes it's things that are producing fruit, and sometimes it isn't. It's different all the time. There might be an area of life that isn't really producing much fruit and it's not really helping you. And God says, hey, might need to adjust that. Sometimes it's something that's great. I know at the end of last year, I felt God uh, speak to me about changing what I do in the school. So coming out of the school, I've been working in for a few years. And that was great. I had a great time. It was producing fruit, but God had something different for the next season. So sometimes it's, it's not always a thing we've got to cut off, but sometimes God just cuts and, and changes and moves and but we only can sense that we can only hear his voice when we remain and he does it to bring life he does it to bring life the fourth thing that happens when we remain is we obey his commandments and the greatest of these is to love let me read verse 10 when you obey my commandments you remain in my love. You want to know what God's love language is? It's obedience, right? When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Okay, He calls us to, he calls us to obey His commandments. And then He says, okay, this is my commandment. 
I'm going to make it really easy for you. You need to obey my commandments. And this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends and so I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And if it wasn't obvious enough, verse 17, this is my command, love each other. He says, if you remain in me, you obey my commandments and my commandment is to love each other. Now, if you're a part of this church, you know I bang on a lot about loving each other. I, I usually bring it up probably most Sundays. And, and I probably will. For, for Maybe forever. right? Because I think it's pretty explicit. Jesus commanded it. Love each other. <laughs> if, if that's not good enough, I don't know. Jesus commanded love each other. You know, often the way we love God is loving each other. I've called you to love God, love your neighbor. Uh, often the way God is shown to the world is through love. If you remain in me, you'll love each other. So if it's hard loving each other, let me ask you, how's the remaining going? If you're finding it hard to love one another... Maybe check how the remaining's going. Because you, when you remain in with Jesus, if you're doing that, you're obeying his command, and his command is to love. And it's so simple, but can you imagine if the church took a hold of this? When I talk about the church, I mean, yes, you, me, here today, but I mean even the body of church. All the, imagine if we took a hold of this, that our command is to love each other. Like Jesus loves us, selflessly, generously, forgives, puts the other first, sees the best. What would our community look like? When we remain, we obey his command and his command is to love each other. If that's hard, we might need to check how the remaining's going. So that's maybe just a, a few quick points of what it looks like to remain. His words are in us. It's how we pray. It's how we love. It's sometimes we're pruned a bit. And just quickly, what are the results of remaining? If we remain, what happens? Well, first is we experience the love of God. So if you remain in me, you remain in my love. Now, we're called to, to love everyone, right? But we can love everyone, and I don't know if you've met someone who's a bit negative, right? And if you hang around someone who's too negative for too long, suddenly you become a bit negative. And so I know in my life, I try my best to love those people, but I have a cap on how much they're involved in my life because, you know, I, I don't want to become negative. You know, I, I, if I hang out with cheeky people... I, I get a little bit more cheeky. It kind of rubs off on me a little bit. And uh, I'm okay with that bit. I don't mind that. And, uh, 
But who you're with, it kind of just rubs off on you, right? If you want to get really healthy and get really fit, just don't hang out at the Maccas Club every every morning. Like, it's who you hang around. And if you abide and remain in Jesus, love is going to rub off on you. It's that simple. Because God is love, and so when you abide, you remain in God, you're going to be filled with love. It's going to flow out from you. What's another result of remaining? It's joy. It's joy. In in verse 11 it says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. That sounds pretty good. Your joy will overflow. Joy, it's a funny word. It's a misunderstood word. It's not happy. Happy comes and goes. right? I'm usually happiest at lunchtime and dinner time. Right, it's, a, it's an emotion, it's a, uh, it's a feeling, it's circumstantial, right? Joy is a state, it's a being. It, it's so much more than that. It's gladness, it's thankfulness, it's delight. And I was trying to think about joy. I think it's one of those things that's so hard to define. And I think as soon as we can define it, we've probably missed the point because God's got something bigger than it for us, right? And I was thinking about joy. And what... It's a state of just peace and gladness and delight. And maybe just one example of of joy when we remain in Jesus is joy is knowing that Jesus is with you, that Jesus is within you, that Jesus is beside you, that Jesus is behind you, that Jesus is ahead of you, he's before you, and he's in your eternity, he's with you now. So that whatever you go through in life, wherever you walk, Jesus has been there, he's with you, he's within you, he's there. That whatever you face, God's with you. That just brings a, wow, he's forgiven, he's restored my past. Whatever I'm going through right now, his comfort, his peace, his love, God's with me, he remains with me. And whatever I face ahead, he's there. It's not going to surprise him. He knows what's coming. And if that was enough, he, he holds my eternity. Wow, that just brings a... Ooh, yeah. I think that's a bit of joy. It's more than a happiness. It's just a sense of, wow, God's got it. So if even this is a mess right now. Hey, God's, God's with me. His love's for me. And he's ahead. He's behind. He's got my eternity. That's a bit of joy for me anyway. I don't think that encompasses all of it, but I think that's a part of joy. One more thing, I think the passage is pretty clear that results when we remain is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. And verse 4, it says, Remain in me and I'll remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You didn't choose me. I'm skipping a few verses around here. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. When we remain with Jesus, we are fruitful. I don't know if you have fruit trees. Certain time of year, they they produce that fruit. We used to have an apple tree at an old house. Hundreds of apples pop up there. Produce fruit. And it says when we follow Jesus... When we remain in Jesus, we produce fruit. We produce fruit. It's not great. 
what on earth does that mean? Right? <laughs> it's just stuff just starts popping out. Uh, we produce fruit. I think it happens in, in two probably specific ways. Galatians 5, verse 22. We've got that one, Andrew. And, uh, but the Holy, produ- Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That when we remain with Jesus, when we abide in Jesus, when we follow Jesus... When his words remain in us, when we're pruned, when, we're, when we follow his voice and we love, the Holy Spirit, which is God's presence in us, produces this in our lives. So when a good sign, uh, if, if we're remaining in Jesus, is if this stuff is coming out of us. Now, it's not going to be zero to 100, is it? <laughs> well, it ain't. Right, but as we follow and as we keep remaining, as we keep abiding, we'll start to produce love and joy and peace and gentleness and self-control. And, and I hate to tell you this, but you can't pick your favourite four. Right? Let's go, I'll take, I'll take the love, I'll take the joy and the peace. Patience, nope. Kindness, nope. Goodness, nope. Faithfulness, yep, take that. Gentleness, nope. Nope, self-control. I'll take those four. They're a cluster. Imagine a cluster of grapes. You don't go to Foodland to buy a grape. Right? You'd probably just eat it by the time you get to check out. You buy a cluster, and these come in a cluster. So you can't just pick your favourite four. As we remain, it produces this fruit in our lives. And I think that's first and foremost. But it also produces fruit for the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? Jesus said, I'm bringing the kingdom of God to earth. And then one day he'll return and fulfill it, but it's expanding. And if you believe in Jesus, you're a part of the kingdom of God. And we're called to take the kingdom of God and expand it. What that really is, is taking the news of Jesus, taking the message of Jesus and taking it into the world and producing fruit. Producing something. As we live, as we speak, as we love people, we produce fruit as we point people to Jesus. And sometimes this is in uh, maybe slightly formalised ways. As, as Dean is running kids right now, they're having fun, but they're learning about God and they're growing in their faith. And because of Dean and his service and the incredible team there, they're producing fruit for the kingdom of God. They're planting seeds that will grow up. There's a number here that that run connect groups in the week and you lead and we read the Bible together and we grow in faith and we take that out. We're producing fruit for the kingdom of God. But it's not just in those formalised meetings. It's as as you're working in the school, as you're in your neighbourhood, as you're volunteering in that group, as you love, as you speak life, as you take joy and peace into those places, you're producing fruit. You're taking the kingdom of God. You're taking the love, the message of God into those places, into the workplaces, into the school communities, into the social groups, into your friends and family. You're producing fruit. You're fruitful and it's lasting fruit. Greg, Pastor Greg spoke last week and he said something I thought was really cool. That he goes, 
I don't know if you spent time with God this morning or not. Right. Imagine if we spent time with God and then we came in with a glow. And if we didn't, we don't have a glow. Be awkward. You'd only come to church if you had your glow, probably. Right. So I think it's quite good we don't know that. But I reckon in a year's time, there'll be fruit if we spent time with God or not throughout the year. And so sometimes fruit comes out in our lives in a moment, but that's probably pretty rarely. Often it's in its due season, often it's lasting fruit. And that happens with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You'll look a year back and like, whoa, I'm much more patient. When did I get so patient? No, no, God's been doing it in time. Sometimes you might be loving someone, being kind to someone, being generous to someone in the community, you're praying for them, and nothing happens. And sometimes years down the track, something just opens up like, whoa, where'd that come from? Fruit. When we remain, we're fruitful. So we have how we remain, and we have what happens when we remain. Sarah, could you just pop up on the keys for me? Um, I want you to imagine Jesus is the tree. Jesus is the tree. It's a tree full of life. It's a tree full of fruit. It's a tree that's just, it's been well watered. It's got the good amount of sun. And you're the branch. You're a branch on the tree. And how, how does that branch look? Are you connected? Is it looking a bit sad? Is it on the ground? <laughs> if Jesus is the tree, and if you and me were the branches, what would that look like right now? How remaining, how abiding, how connected? Because it's all good to say how we remain, and I think we can take that away. And it's great to know what happens if we remain. But that's for later. Right now, Jesus is this beautiful, lush, healthy tree. You're a branch. What does that look like for you? Not anyone else. Not your spouse, not your family member, not your kids, not your friends, not the other person sitting in the church that you thought, oh, they might be disconnected. No, you. How's that looking? How's that remaining How's that abiding? How connected is that branch to the tree? The most incredible, one of the most incredible things about God is He never makes it hard for us. (laughs) How do you remain? How do you abide? You just spend time with God. You just spend time. You read the Bible, you pray, you worship, you get to church, you, you have a moment, you worship, you have a moment with God. And I love there's so many stories in the Bible with Jesus that there's years and years of hurt and pain and sin and in a moment there's restoration. Zacchaeus, woman at the well, prodigal son, Years and seasons of hurt and pain and sin and mistakes. But in a moment, 
restoration. The woman at the well, she could be the branch most disconnected from the tree. But in a moment, she's restored and grafted in. So I think the first step is to realise, okay, how's my remaining and abiding going? How, how are me and Jesus? Because remember, it's an active thing. I talked about it at the start. It doesn't just happen. We remain on purpose. We abide on purpose with Jesus. And yeah, how we do it, yep, yeah, that's good. Uh, the results of it, yep, yeah, that's good. But right now, we're just going to spend a bit of time abiding in God's presence remaining. And whether if you feel like you're a branch on the ground, if you feel like you're a branch hanging on by a few twigs, if you feel like you're there strong, if you feel like you're a branch that's been carried over the hill by a little rat bag, it, it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because we can just remain and abide with Jesus right now and be connected to the vine, connected to the tree of life. That's the beauty of God. It doesn't make it hard for us. He says, just come to me. I'm here. I'm ready. My love is here. My forgiveness is here. Come and remain. Come and abide. Come and walk with me. Come and follow me. Come and do life. And you'll produce fruit. You'll be filled with love. You'll be full of joy. And so just to finish off, I just want to, uh, you can, we won't have the whole band, we'll just have Sarah, you can sing something. And we're just going to abide. And whatever that picture was like for you with a tree and a branch, it's good to realise that. But then we leave it there and we just spend time with Jesus. It's good to realise where we are, because when we realise where we are, we realise we need Jesus. That's confession. That's repentance, is being humble and having a real honest look of where we are right now. But then we immediately turn to Jesus and we're connected, we're restored, we're forgiven, we're made whole. So God, I thank you for every single person. God, I thank you for your love for me, for all of us. God, there's been so many times I've stopped remaining. I've stopped abiding, I've missed a point, I've gone through emotions, and I'm sure there's people here similar. And God, we as a church, we're all in different places, but we, we, we corporately together, we repent and confess, we look at where we are, but we turn to you. And we, we want to be purposeful remaining in your presence. We want to be purposeful in following you, abiding in you, knowing you, obeying you, loving others. And so God, we just worship you right now. We just come to you. We abide in your presence. And God, you're Lord, not us. And so God, even in this small moment here, as we worship, as we just sit still, as we abide in your presence, I pray that you just fill us with your love. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, your ways you call us to go. Fill us with your joy that you promise, your love that you promise, the fruit that you promise. And I thank you that in a moment we're connected, we're restored, we're made strong with you. And God, I pray it isn't just a moment now, but it's something that continues day after day as we remain, as we abide in your presence. But God, we're here right now. So we just right now, we abide and remain in your presence. And we just invite you to do whatever you see is fit to do. 
let it be in the name of Jesus. Let's just worship. Let's just rest in God's presence.